Good morning, buenos dias, welcome, bienvenidos, how good it is to be worshiping the Lord this morning. If you're worshiping with MCCLV online, if you could just type into the comments a hello, tell us where you're worshiping from. For those who are worshiping in person, if you could turn and give a wave to a neighbor and say howdy, hello, good to see you, good morning, yes. And this is a reminder for those worshiping online, there will be a time of fellowship immediately following the worship service online, so just stay online. You can chat with people. For those who are worshiping in person, there's a time of fellowship in the entryway, all sorts of great snacks uh, and drinks available, so stick around, talk with some folks uh, right after worship today. There are a few other Uh, worship-related announcements. Just a reminder that if you are vaccinated, we don't require masks, except if you're going to sing, we do ask that you wear a mask uh, because we just haven't received a lot of good guidance uh, on that. Also, if there are any new folks here today, there's a welcome to MCC card that's in your pew. You could just fill out that card, place it in the offering plate uh, when it comes around. That would be uh, that would be great. A reminder that we are in the midst of an Advent Bible study. That Bible study meets at 6 p.m. online, 7 p.m. in person on Tuesday nights uh, here at MCCLV. Uh, you don't have to attend all four; just come to one. Um, And again, that's Tuesday night, 6 o'clock online, 7 p.m. in person for that Advent Bible study. Also, if you could like and share today's broadcast, that would be so helpful. There is someone out there who needs to hear from God uh, today. So it's okay if you take out your phone in the sanctuary. You can like and share the broadcast, and also if you're worshiping online. For those who are worshiping online, if you could get your communion elements ready, because we certainly want you to participate in the communion liturgy today. Go to your pantry, get a cracker, a piece of bread, uh, some juice, participate in that. For those who are here in person, you received a communion kit on your way into the church. If you did not receive a communion kit, put a hand up in the air. We want to get one to you. It looks like everyone's uh, set on that. And I believe that, yes, that completes our worship-related announcements. If you could please rise as able, let's join in saying together our church's purpose statement. MCCLV's purpose is to worship and serve God through acts of justice and compassion. And now let's share a sign of the Lord's peace with one another. Share a peace sign with the people around you. Say peace, virtual hug. For those who are worshiping online, just type the word peace into the comments or use the peace emoji. How good it is to be together today. Oh, come thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine Shall come to thee. 
we have lit three candles for hope, for peace, and for joy. Today we light the fourth candle, the candle of love. And with this flame, we signify the love of God that surrounds and fills us at all times, but that we recognize in a special way in the Christmas story. There's no greater power than love. It is stronger than rulers and empires, stronger than grief or despair, stronger even than death. We love because God loves us. Let's pray. Loving God, we open ourselves to you this Christmas season. As these candles are lit, light our lives with your imagination. Show us the creative power of hope. Teach us the peace that comes from justice. Fill us with the kind of joy that cannot be contained, but must be shared. Magnify your love within us. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you, that we may walk in the light of Christ. Amen.
Thank you and praise you, God, for that beautiful light, that light that you so graciously provide to your people. We thank God for this time of prayer. For those who are worshiping online, you can just type your prayer requests directly into the comments of the uh, worship broadcast. For those who are worshiping in person, in just a moment, I'm going to pause, and we can lift our prayer needs, our, our, our situations, our circumstances, the persons that we're praying for. We're going to lift those allowed uh, into this space. And so let's just take a moment, let's pause, let's be quiet for a moment while these prayers are shared aloud. Lord God, you know full well that sometimes we just don't even have the words. We're not even able to lift up a word, a name in prayer. Instead, you accept our groans. You accept our silence. And you know our needs. And you are pouring out on us your healing and your hope. And we are so grateful. We are so grateful in this moment, God, for this time of worship, for the gifts of song and prayer and word and table and the gift of our siblings in Christ. And we give you thanks, God, for the gifts of your prophets, like John the Baptist, who prepares the way for the coming of Christ, who prepares each one of us to receive your chosen one, Jesus, into our hearts and into our lives. We humbly ask, Lord God, that you bless this, our worship service, that you continue pouring out your great and your sustaining love on each one of us, and we ask, God, that you open us to your transformation. We know the many ways in which we have been living. We know that many of these ways are no longer sustainable. We know that many of the ways in which the world is living, these ways are broken and in need of your transforming power. We long for personal transformation. We yearn for the transformation of the world. And we come here today, Lord God, trusting in you, seeking you, and knowing that in you we are saved and we are renewed. And so pour out your spirit on us at this time, we pray. And let's all say, amen. Humbly to the earth you came. us, Emmanuel, now we adore your name, your name is a strong and mighty tower, your name. 
is a shelter like no other your name let the nation sing it loud for nothing has the power to say but your name Jesus in your name we pray come and fill our hearts today Lord give us strength to live for you and glorify your name your name is a strong and mighty tower your name is a shelter like no other your name let the nation sing it louder for nothing has the power to save but your name wonderful counselor Prince of Peace, wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, your name is a strong and mighty tower your name is a shelter like no other your name let the nation sing it loud cause nothing has the power to say but your God with us, Emmanuel. God with us, Emmanuel. God with us, Emmanuel. Now we adore your Hi kids, I wanted to tell you that I'm here in Arizona and I am standing in front of an olive tree. I had never seen an olive tree before, or maybe I had seen it, but I didn't know what it was. But I found out some things about olive trees. Olive trees can live without hardly any water. And olive trees have such strong roots that the whole tree can be shut down, just cut off, and it will grow right back. 
So an olive tree is a very strong tree. Now the Bible says that those people who are seeking God as their, their strength, that they're like a green olive tree in the house of God and trusting forever in the steadfast love of God. So I think this is a neat thing to remember uh, about olive trees and about how strong you can be in the Lord because you are like an olive tree. See you next time. Season's greetings, everyone. I hope you're having a great day in worship. As we move into the offering portion of the service, I wanted to share some thoughts with you. Those of you who were with us during the in-person worship service last Sunday probably remember that the pastor, along with the church board, very candidly shared with the congregation that MCCLV is, exper is experiencing some financial hardships right now. In fact, we're running in a budget deficit. Now, this is not extremely uncommon as there are many churches, businesses, and families that are going through some of the same things. We are asking that all persons in our community spend some time in prayer and ask the Lord to provide resources for MCCLV, and we ask that you consider giving regularly to MCCLV. If you are already a regular giver, we ask that you pray to the Lord and ask for ways for you to give above and beyond what you typically give. Now, while this is all concerning and money things can make us really uncomfortable and cause us to have some anxiety, I can't finish this conversation without saying how blessed we are as a church because despite running in deficit, the Lord has still enabled us to minister to our community. In the last year, alone, we have provided more than 500 meals for persons who are experiencing homelessness in our community. Since the beginning of the pandemic, we have provided literally thousands, thousands of meals for persons in our community that were struggling with food insecurity. Just in the last couple weeks, we provided $500 in, in food cards to families from Buchanan Elementary. And we also were able to help a refugee family that recently moved here from Honduras to the Lehigh Valley area. The Lord has been good to us, and He is going to work with us and make a way for us. We know that. He is faithful and always has been. When you want to give to MCCLV, it's very simple. You can either go on our website at mcclv.org and hit the donate button, or if you want to send a physical check, you can send that to 1401 Greenview Drive, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, 18018. And of course, if you're an in-person worship, you can just give to the offering plate. Thank you in advance for what you're going to do to be a part of our financial recovery through this time. And God bless you and may you have a wonderful Christmas season. Our first reading today comes from chapter 12 of the prophet Isaiah. Hear God's word for you. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my might. God has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the well of salvation. And you will say on that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on God's name. 
Make known God's deeds among the nations. Proclaim that God's name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for God has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Here ends the first reading. Our second reading today comes from chapter 3 of the Gospel according to Luke. John said to the crowds that came to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham and Sarah as our ancestors. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to rise up children to Abraham and Sarah. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked John, What then should we do? In reply he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked John, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked, And we, what should we do? John said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. That one will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, with winnowing fork in hand. That one will clear the thrashing floor and gather the wheat into the granary and will burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. So, with many other exhortations, John proclaimed the good news to the people. Here ends today's readings. Praise God that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Praise God indeed. If there are any board members here this morning, I'm going to ask that those board of directors members come forward at this time. Uh, I do have a couple of special announcements to share with the congregation today. First, I want to share with you that on Thursday, I was gathered with about 10 other clergy. Um, and at our gathering, we had to share a challenge and a blessing. And if you know clergy, uh, clergy can gather together and be a little bit silly, you know, oh, my challenges, I have so many blessings. Well, I wasn't going to play that game, uh, right? And I, uh, I shared that I was having a, a difficult time. I had said yes to too many things, um, and I was overextended, and I just needed prayer through December 27th, if I could just get to December 27th. And uh, indeed, you know, for 22 years, uh, I've gotten to the day after Christmas, and it's all been, it's all been well. So that's the blessing. Uh, God's people are praying faithful people. Um, so I, I shared with this group of clergy that I was not doing well. I was one of the first people who shared, and there was a truth-telling session that happened after that. And so we want to share the truth with the congregation of MCCLV, and that's MCCLV is doing well in some respects, is so blessed by God, uh, and is uh, just so thrilled with everyone who is gathered here for worship. And MCCLV is not doing so well in some other respects. 
and uh, we are currently close to $50,000 behind in our budgetary obligations. And so this is a tough, uh, tough Christmas for MCCLV. And so today uh, I wrote out an extra gift. Uh, I wrote out a check. You know, one of those checks, you, I wrote out an extra gift. This is above my tithe, my regular giving to the church, because I so believe in what uh, God has done, is doing, and will do through the church. And so uh, we are just keeping it real with the congregation. We're letting you know we're in a tough place, that God is faithful, and that God has seen us through. But if there is anyone who can just give a little extra in this season, uh, that would be uh, so helpful for MCCLV. We believe that this is an incredible ministry that God has planted here in the Lehigh Valley. And we want this ministry to continue, uh, not just for the next few months, uh, but for the next few decades, if not for the next few centuries. And so we invite you all to uh, pray on this. We believe that this is an opportunity uh, for the church. We invite everyone to pray on this. And uh, if it's all right, could we just take that moment of prayer now and just, uh, Lord God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the gifts, the many gifts that you have showered uh, through MCCLV. Uh, God, we are in uh, a difficult place, uh, a challenging place, but we're being real about it, we're being truthful about it, and we're asking, Lord God, for you to just pour out your wisdom and your direction upon your people. We want to be generous. Show us the ways uh, in which we can be generous and glorify you and honor you, O oh Lord, during this season of preparation. And let's all say, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Board of Directors. Uh, thank you to the congregation for uh, your consideration. Uh, Spirit of the living God, just continue to fall fresh uh, on your church. So uh, God is always doing a new thing. And sometimes this feels like good news, right, when God does a new thing. And sometimes God's new thing feels like not so good news. And when we feel stuck, you know, God's new thing can certainly free us. But when we're in a comfortable place, God's new thing can feel like it's too much, right? When we're comfortable and God puts a new thing in front of us, it feels kind of demanding, doesn't it? It feels overwhelming. Too much change, God, too fast. Now, when I stay focused and open to the Holy Spirit, I'm better able to embrace God's new thing. When I'm focused on myself and what's in it for me, I'm more resistant to God's new thing. And the same goes for a faith community. When a church stays focused and open to the Holy Spirit, we are better able to embrace God's new thing. When a church is self-focused, when we're only interested in promoting ourselves, then we're more resistant to God's new thing. And we're more likely to lift up prayers that don't come to fruition, right? Because the church is just too overly focused on doing things its own way rather than focused on discerning what is God's way. Uh, I'm a big fan of an evangelical author, I know that's shocking, of an evangelical author named A.W. Tozer, and he's quoted on this next slide. And he says this, that intensity of prayer is no criterion of its effectiveness. Let's all say, ouch, ouch, right? A person may throw themselves on their face and sob out their troubles to the Lord and yet have no intention to obey the commandments of Christ. And let's all say, ooh, ooh, right? Yeah, ooh. That seems a bit harsh. 
from A.W. Tozer, but it's not nearly as harsh as what John the Baptist shares in today's gospel reading from the gospel writer Luke. Did you notice John name calls a group of people? And then he goes on to tell them that if they don't bear good fruit, that they're going to be discarded into a fire. Yikes, John. Yikes. What does John tell the crowd? You brood of vipers. (laughs) You brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come bear fruits worthy of repentance? So John is telling the people that they are a bunch of snakes. And in the Bible, the snake is portrayed as a tempter. The snake pulls people away from God. And so John is telling the crowd that they're on the wrong path. And it seems like John could go with a softer cell, right? Could you go with a bit of a softer cell there, John? But, you know, sometimes we have to be shaken up a bit, right? We need a reset, a radical reset from God's prophets like John. So John focuses on repentance. He demands that people bear fruits worthy of repentance. What's repentance? It's just a return to God, a change of direction, a change of mind. Ultimately, repentance is about embracing a transformed life. Now, John goes on to say, quite direct in today's gospel passage, do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham and Sarah as our ancestors, for I tell you, God is able to, from these stones, to raise up children to Abraham and Sarah. So John is pointing out to the crowd that they cannot just sit back on their religious tradition and expect that to continue to work all the time. It's good to have tradition, right? It's good to have tradition, as long as those traditions do not become idols. Faith communities that are not careful can end up worshiping their traditions rather than worshiping God. Okay? All right, the section ends with John saying, even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Well, tell us how you really feel, John the Baptist. My goodness, that's the thing about these pesky prophets. They share a word from God that we don't always want to hear. Now, this verse isn't to be taken literally. John is making a spiritual point. And the spiritual is always much more important than the literal. God's judgment is coming. And John wants the people to be prepared. And some people in the crowd, they're intrigued by John's teaching. They want to know more and they ask, well, then what should we do? What then should we do? And then John encourages the people on some moral, ethical, and generosity practices. John starts off by saying, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. Whoever has food needs to do likewise. And this is a basic spiritual teaching, right? Those who have more are to share with those who have less. Share your things, share your food, share your coats, share your clothing. And then John tells the crowd that they must embrace ethics on the job. Tax collectors are to collect no more than the amount prescribed. Members of the military are directed not to extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation. Be satisfied with your wages. Okay, well that seems to be a nice list from John the Baptist. We are to be generous. We are to be ethical. And yet we know church teaching is clear that it's not the things we do that get us a seat at the heavenly banquet table. 
It's instead through faith alone, right, that we enter into eternal salvation. Faith alone, what does that mean? Sola fide, faith alone in Latin is sola fide. It is faith alone that gets us to God. No one has a spotless enough resume to get into heaven on their own merits. Praise be to God. We have to rely on the love and grace of God. So spiritual transformation naturally leads us to a deeper and more meaningful morality ethics and generosity but if it's not about what we do and it's about faith alone well then how do we enter in well John lays it out for us I baptize you with water but one who is more powerful than I is coming the thong of whose sandal I'm unworthy to untie this one will baptize you with what with Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit and with fire so Christ provides us with something that we cannot work up on our own. I'm going to share that again. Christ provides us with something that we cannot work up on our own. Through Jesus, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And there's nothing we do to earn the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's freely given by our gracious God who baptizes us in the Spirit through Christ. So the baptism that John the Baptist offered Remember, that was a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus offers this baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that is one awesome combo platter of baptisms. If I do say so myself, we all need to know that we're forgiven. And we also, we all need to know that we are gifted. We are gifted by the Holy Spirit. I think both of these are really life-altering. To know that we're forgiven, truly, deeply, forever forgiven, helps us to move through the world in a changed way. To know that we're gifted by the Holy Spirit also means that we move through the world in a transformed way. What is John the Baptist doing? He is announcing a culture change. The old ways of living are no longer going to work. With Christ, there's going to be a new way of living, of being, and acting. Does it seem like the world right now in 2021 is undergoing a culture change. Government in the United States, government in other places is broken and cannot be saved, only transformed. The way large corporations do business is broken, cannot be saved, only transformed. The way we use technology, broken, cannot be saved, but only transformed. The way we treat our ecosystem, the environment, the way we treat our earth is broken and cannot be saved, only transformed. There are so many other entities and institutions that are broken and cannot be saved. Education, law enforcement, media, healthcare. Am I missing anything? Yes, I'm missing one thing. I think you know what is next. The church cannot point fingers at others and be unwilling to look at itself. The church is broken and cannot be saved, only transformed. And I'm not just referring to MCCLB, I'm referring to all churches. The way everyone is doing church is broken and is in need of transformation. Well, like the people with John the Baptist, we might ask the same question, well, what then, what then should we do? And John, if he were standing here today, He'd probably share the same things that he shared 2,000 years ago. 
right? He'd likely tell us to share with people who are struggling, to be honest and ethical at the workplace. Okay, then what? And then I think John the Baptist would say, accept the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, fine, but how do we do that? We say, come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come. And watch out when a person gets caught up with the Holy Spirit because they are on fire. And that person is going to make an impact in the world for God. The most impactful kind of church is not a large church with a thousand people in attendance every Sunday. The most impactful church is not the one with the best programming. The most impactful church is not the one with the clearest doctrine or the most service opportunities or the busiest calendar. The the most impactful church is not the one that has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. The most impactful kind of church is the Spirit-led church the church that is infused and on fire with the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist announced that Jesus is going to baptize with the Spirit. Well, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary on this next slide, in addition to baptism being a Christian ritual, what is is baptism? It's an experience by which a person is purified, sanctified, initiated, or named. So Jesus' baptism of the Spirit is an experience. And after coming through the experience, we are changed with a baptism of the Spirit. We're purified from sin. We're set free from sin. Whereas previously, we're just weighed down by sin. We're sanctified, which means to be made holy. And to be holy is simply to be set apart for God. Not better than anyone, just set apart. A person who is sanctified is in the world and is no longer as interested in being of the world. On the other hand, what's a sanctimonious person? It's someone who's pious in a hypocritical way, right? They say that they're holy, but there are no actions to back it up. There's no change in behavior. There's no change in attitude. So purified, sanctified, a baptism of the Spirit is an experience. Also where a person is initiated into a community. What's an initiation? It's a public official welcome into a community. And then lastly, baptism is an experience where one is named in a new and different way. That's why it's so important, church. It's so important to celebrate when anyone has a name change. Whether it's our transgender siblings changing a name or a person taking on a different name after marriage or Uh, When some denominations celebrate confirmation, the confirmands take on a, a new name, a confirmation name. So again, to baptize is an experience by which one is purified, sanctified, initiated, or named. Now, pre pandemic, I always enjoyed going to the Waffle House restaurant. Stick with me here for just a moment. I particularly loved their hash browns, and I always, I always order the hash browns at Waffle House well done so that they're nice and crisp on the outside, right? But a person can order their hash browns any number of ways, right? A person can order their hash browns at Waffle House, scattered, smothered, covered, chunked, diced, peppered, capped, or topped, and you can have an endless combination of those things, right? So let's think of the baptism of the Spirit like we think of Waffle House hash browns, right? Instead of scattered, smothered, covered, or whatever, it's purified, sanctified, initiated, or named, okay? All right. The hash browns are not the same after we declare our order, right? 
Those hash browns are forever transformed. We are not the same after receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are forever transformed. We live more graciously and hold fewer grudges. We live with more forgiveness and less of a need for revenge. We live in abundance and let go of scarcity. So the more we live into Jesus' baptism of the Holy Spirit, people start noticing, oh, they seem a little less judgmental. That person seems a little more generous. They seem a little more centered in something beyond themselves. Now, I've never been a big fan of one-off experiences in the spiritual life. That somehow we have a once-and-done experience, there's no further need for spiritual growth, there's no need to do any further self-examination. I think most of us have multiple experiences along life's journey that develop us as disciples and as followers of Jesus, and we always have continuing opportunities for spiritual growth. So it's not like a person receives a baptism of the Holy Spirit, and voila, right? We can kick back forever, let others do the, the discernment. Instead, it's over the course of years, it's over the course of decades that we discern the Spirit at work in us and around us, and we respond accordingly. The Spirit gives us the strength and the stamina to respond to the small things and also those larger things. And one of those larger things is on this next slide. This is a young theologian. He's from Chile. And his name is Luis Aranguiz Khan. He's from a Pentecostal background. Uh, and he does theology in Chile. And he says this, the spirit-baptized Pentecostal Latin American believer can no longer continue living without paying attention to big conflicts we are facing as a region regarding ecological matters. So I do want to say this, a personal faith is vitally important. A one-on-one -on -one connection with God gets us through, gets us over so many things in life. A personal faith, vitally important. And yet the Spirit doesn't just lead us to personal improvement, right? Doesn't just lead us to personal transformation, a personal change of heart. Now, praise be to God for the personal, the individual changes we make along life's journey. God smiles upon us. God rejoices with us as we grow in the Spirit, yet the gift of the Spirit is also for the transformation of the world. And as this young theologian points out in Chile, a person who experiences a baptism of the Spirit, a person who's had that experience of being what? Purified, sanctified, initiated in name, well, that person cannot ignore what's happening in the world around them, right? Cannot ignore things like climate change or systemic racism or institutional corruption. So John the Baptist announces that, that Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. On this next slide, what does it look like to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire? No, it's not this, right? Although this is what we feel like a lot of the time, right? running around with our hair on fire. There's so much to do. There's so much busyness in our lives. We crash into one conflict after another, into one crisis after another, into one sort of drama after another, and we end up being far away from God's purposes for us. And so what are our lives to look like after receiving a baptism of the Spirit? If it's not this, well, let's look at this next slide. Aha! 
After we receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, we gain a different perspective, a wider perspective, a longer perspective, a deeper perspective. And like this person in the photo, we cannot help but lift our hands and praise to God. Now, some people might be thinking, well, okay, give me an all-expense-paid trip to the mountains, and sure, I'm going to feel all baptized by the Holy Spirit, sure thing. But it's truly, it's not about the location. It's not about the spa trip. It's not about the fancy lodging. Instead, it's about embracing that new perspective provided by the Holy Spirit. So for those who are living in the Lehigh Valley, we can drive to the top of South Mountain. Get that different perspective. Gain that different perspective. In my hometown in Iowa, I would bike around, uh, I'd bike along a route, it was Route 38. All these rolling hills. Every time I went out there, miles and miles along Route 38, I would gain a new perspective. Now with that new perspective, provided by a baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are on fire for God. Our souls are on fire. Our hair is not on fire. Our souls are on fire. Our lives are not on fire. Our lives are not out of control. Instead, we have given the control over to God. We have said to God, I surrender all. I surrender any failure to you, O God. I surrender any success to you, O God. I surrender my hopes for your hope, O God. I surrender to you, God, anything that's keeping me from being more fully living in your love and in your grace. And as we gain that wider perspective, as we accept more of God's love, as, as we make more room for God in our lives and, and live out that baptism of the Spirit, we want others to know the love and the hope of God. Not in a manipulative way, right? But in a helpful way. Now, churches, I think, can sometimes get in the way of helping people to experience God and seek a spiritual life. Isn't that strange that this pastor is standing up there saying that? But I do. I think sometimes churches can get in the way. Now, sadly, I have a friend who is never going to step into a church again. She was raised in the church. Uh, she fell away for a bit in adulthood, and then she just... She decided to try it again. She's going to give it another try. And she didn't just try one church. She gave it a really good try. She attempted to attend several churches in her city. You know, my friend wanted to more deeply explore her spirituality in a community setting. Well, unfortunately, at every church she attended, she felt like a bartender at a family reunion. Have you ever had that feeling before? Like a bartender at a family reunion, on the outside, looking in. Everyone else chatting with their friends and their buddies, no one taking the time to reach out and connect. So too many churches feel like a private club where, where new people enter in and they're either, either treated suspiciously or they're ignored. Now, of course, there are some times when we just want to be anonymous, right? There's sometimes we just want to be anonymous when we attend worship. I get it. I return to the church of my youth when I crave anonymous worship, right? I step inside a, a Roman Catholic mass. I sit towards the back. I know the rhythms. 
and the priest isn't pestering me to fill out an information form, right? And no one is serving snacks, no one uh, wants to connect with me, and that's fine with me sometimes. So I get it, I get it. Sometimes we just wanna be anonymous, and that's okay. But I also believe that we were built for community. And that's why I've always loved the middle name of MCC, Metropolitan Community Churches. That's the name of our denomination. Our middle name is community. I think uh, truly that we are built for community. Now in a community, not everyone is best of friends, but everyone recognizes that we're all in this life together. And in a community that's visitor-oriented, bless you, people's first priority is connecting with newer people while those friendships and uh, those kind of relationships can wait until a later time. So when we're focused outside of ourselves, when we're focused outside of our personal circles, when we're focused on others, that spirit, that Holy Spirit starts moving. So today uh, in scripture we heard about John the Baptist ushering in a culture change. I think a culture change that needs to happen at so many churches, including MCCLB here. I'm always a loving critic, right? A loving critic of MCC. I think the culture change uh, that needs to happen is to be a more visitor-oriented culture. And let's, uh, let's end with some prayer. Boy, there's been a lot going on today, right? And it's, uh, my goodness, there's just a lot to process, Lord God. There's a lot to process today. And help us to process what it is we need to process, Lord God. We're excited by this baptism of the Holy Spirit, where we are purified, sanctified, initiated, named as your own. Thank you, Lord God. And you know how many of us in this sanctuary today, you know how many of us worshiping online, um, you know how many of us want to let go of the ways in which we have been living. They're no longer sustainable. Those ways are no longer sustainable. We want to live in a different way, Lord God. We want to live in a way that's more about you. We want our souls to be on fire for you, Lord God. We want our lives to be more about you. We want our lives to be more honoring of you, more glorifying of you. And we just humbly, we turn to you, we entrust ourselves to you, Lord God, and we trust that you're going to help us uh, to do that. Uh, Lord God, we know very clearly that so many things in this world are broken and cannot be saved. And we know that this is inclusive of the church. All churches, not just this specific church, all churches, we need to do things differently. We need to serve you, Lord God, differently. You are showing us the way. And so help us to take not just a step of faith, but a, maybe a leap or two here. Help your church to take a leap of faith and just entrust our community to you, that you are showing us the way, and that if we trust in you, if we, we receive and accept uh, that Holy Spirit, um, that all will be well. So God, thank you for this, for this time with you. And when we leave this time of worship, we don't leave you, you go with us. 
And so continue to shower us with your wisdom and understanding, we pray. Amen. God, I'm running for your heart. I'm running for your heart. Till I am a soul on fire. And Lord, I'm longing for your ways. I'm waiting for the day when I am a soul on fire. Till I am a soul on fire. God, I'm running for your heart. I'm running for your heart. Till I am a soul on fire. And Lord, I'm longing for your ways. I'm waiting for the day when I am a soul on fire. Till I am a soul on fire Lord, restore the joy I have I have wandered, bring me back In this darkness, lead me through Until all I see is you Yeah, God, I'm running for your heart I'm running for your heart Till I am a soul on fire And Lord, I'm longing for your peace I'm waiting for the day When I am a soul on fire Till I am a soul on fire Lord, let me burn for you again Let me return to you again to commune with one another and to commune with God. Praise God for the inclusive gift of love and praise God for the gift of Jesus Christ. On the night on which Jesus was given over to suffering and death through the betrayal of a friend, he gathered with a group of disciples. Jesus took bread and after he had blessed it and given thanks for it, Jesus broke it. Jesus gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. After the supper, Jesus took the cup, and after he had blessed it and given thanks for it, Jesus said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for the remission of your sins and the sins of the whole world. 
Let us take a moment of silent confession to confess to God all we may have done or failed to do to keep in right relationship with God. Let us pray. Bless these gifts of bread and fruit of the vine. We thank you, God, for the forgiveness and joy we experience as we share this holy meal. We receive your never-ending love and healing at this table, and we are grateful. How good it is to commune with you, God. Amen. Our faith is a mixture of past, present, and future. We remember what God did for us in Christ. We experience now the spirit of the living Christ. And we look forward to God's continuing promise to us of growth and new life. And so we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Praise God for this bread for the journey and this cup of new life. Let us now share this meal together. Alleluia. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, for this time of communion, this time of coming together, this time of growing closer to you and to our siblings in Christ. Thank you for these many gifts, Lord God. Amen. If you could please rise now as Ava, let's join in singing together our closing song. And God. 
Amen. We go and tell it on the mountains. Let's go now in peace to love and serve the Lord. Vaya con Dios. Walk with God. Amen.